All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high-quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety. I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey, and I'm so excited to get started. Hi, everyone. It is me. It's Suzanne. I'm all by myself today. I want to do these solo episodes from time to time. I have been loving the interviews. I hope you guys have too. It's so fun to connect with other sober moms and just hear their stories. Like I I swear I could talk about this stuff for hours and I do. <laughs> so watch out. Um, today I'm going to talk about my sobriety toolbox. You guys, I think toolbox, I don't know. I want another word for it. But my brain is tired right now, so I can't think of another word. I understand why it's called sobriety toolbox. I, I get it. Like it's kind of 
what you have in your arsenal to help you get through sobriety and kind of make things a little bit easier. I I still think, I don't know, toolbox, well, it sounds kind of dorky. I picture like a carpenter with like a tool belt. Not that carpenters are dorky, um, but like I don't really want to wear a tool belt. I don't wear a tool belt. (laughs) And I also don't have a toolbox. I do have some tools. Now I'm going on a tangent. Um, You use tools when something's broken, right? And I I don't know. That's why I'm kind of struggling with this toolbox idea because my sobriety is not broken. These are just things that help me live my fullest life and really, I I think, help me flourish in in sobriety. (laughs) I was going to say in society. (laughs) That's a different story, how to flourish in society. That is not this podcast. I don't know how to flourish in society. I do know how to flourish in sobriety. So for now, we're just going to call it the sobriety toolbox. I don't know. TBD. Maybe we can come up with a with a cuter name. Um, I've shared on my kind of suite before. I've shared my sobriety toolbox. And that was, I think, probably about a year into my sobriety. It has changed a little bit. Now I'm more than two and a half years sober. It's kind of evolved. I've taken some pliers out. I've put some, you know, wrenches in. I'm trying to think of all the tools. You guys, I did build a house when I was in sixth grade. I helped my mom and my brother build our house. So I have used like actual tools, but my primary job in building our house was to organize the tool room. So I feel like, although I didn't like use the tools, I really organized every single tool. So I really touched a lot of tools. (laughs) I did touch a lot of tools when I was dating too. Hey, oh, okay. Anyway, so Yeah, you know, I take some tools out, I put some tools in as you go. It's a living and breathing toolbox, which sounds creepier than I meant it to sound. Also, I do ask every guest, or I try to if I remember, what's in their sobriety toolbox? Like, what is their first go-to thing to kind of help them flourish in sobriety? And I love all the answers. You know, I've gotten everything from like tea was Jyoti Chan's. I love that idea of something really tangible that she's like, yes, tea is my go-to thing. And then I've also gotten more um, kind of generalized answers. I I don't know. I, I like how individual everybody's toolbox is. So with that being said, let's start with my sobriety toolbox, TBD, new name forthcoming. Okay. So again, these are things that when I, I'm either feeling listless or down or depressed or anxious or I'm kind of past the point where I want a drink that doesn't have the appeal to me anymore. Drinks, they're not the shiny things that I think they used to be. And so like the jig is up, I I don't want a drink, but still sometimes you kind of find yourself either stagnant or just kind of stuck at least I do. And I think a lot of times when people feel like that, we turn to alcohol, not even knowing that we're turning to alcohol, but just as kind of a way to escape and not feel or to to just escape feeling bored or listless or depressed or anxious or any of these things. And so these are the things that I turn to when I'm feeling like that because I no longer turn to a, a glass of wine at night because I know that that doesn't work. And I like to turn to things that actually work. All right, so my first thing, when I'm like, 
ugh, my life sucks. Everything is shit. I hate everyone. What am I even doing? I'm wasting my life changing diapers. Like I just can go into a spiral and my husband knows it. And he's like, okay, you need a nap. And I'm like, oh my God, I think I do need a nap. And so sleep is probably my number one go-to in my toolbox. It's, I think, anything without sleep, everything is so much harder. It's just so much bigger. Problems are bigger. Feelings are, are more unmanageable, it feels like, my kids and mine. Everything is just so hard. And especially since becoming a mom, I have prioritized sleep literally over everything else. Um, that's for me and for my children. I can see it if my children don't get sleep. They turn into absolute monsters. And so do I. You guys, I'm a monster. (laughs) When I'm tired, I'm an absolute monster. So sleep is my go-to. And I don't just mean like, you know, a good eight hours at night because I do need, I need like a solid eight, you guys. Without that, I'm just, I don't know. And I'm not too proud to say it. Like I need a full night's sleep. But also I'm a big fan of a nap. I'm a big believer in naps. I'm not that mom who's like, oh, I'm just so busy. I don't have time to nap. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm so busy. I need a nap and I will take a nap. I will prioritize naps over working out, over literally everything. If I need a nap, if my body and my brain are telling me I'm tired, then I need a nap and I will take a nap almost every day. I don't know how that's going to work when Gray stops taking a nap, which she's very close to, but generally like these days, if he fights his nap, I put him on an iPad right next to me and I snooze it up. I will nap for like an hour and then wake up and feel like, oh wait, I like my life. I forgot. Oh, things are good. Okay. We're good. Carry on. Like sometimes all it takes is a nap. That also plays into it at the end of the day. You know, the end of the day, you like you get through the witching hour, you get through the times when your kids are crazy And then I got all the kids in bed and I really want to watch my shows or something, but I'm just so damn tired. I listen to my body now and I'm like, oh, right, you're tired. (laughs) You need to sleep. Like I'm not staying up, not listening to my body, having a glass of wine that's going to then interrupt my sleep. Like I'm like, no, I need sleep. And so I take it and everything is better. First of all, everything's better after a nap, but also everything's so much better in the morning. So sleep is for sure my number one. That brings me to my second, what is it, my second tool? I don't know, are my mornings and my morning routine. I think that mornings in sobriety become so special. If you listen to my my 4th of July episode, I gave tips on your first sober 4th of July. And that really relates to like any celebration, vacation, just tips on how to get through it while you're sober. I said to focus on the morning, the next morning, like when you're at a party or when you are confronted with drinking in the evening, especially in that early sobriety, I focused on the morning and how I wanted the morning to feel, what I wanted my morning to look like, what I would do in the morning, how I would get up before my children. If I don't get up before my kids my whole day is off. I mean, it's just like, I'm just starting on the wrong foot already. I need that quiet time before my kids are awake, while the house is still quiet, before the sun is up. Like, I need that time to myself. 
that's probably throughout the day the only time that I'm going to get just on my own and with no one else to worry about. So mornings for me are crucial, early mornings. And the only way I can have that early morning is if I go to sleep at a reasonable time. You guys, reasonable is like eight o'clock. No, I wish. No, I, I, I do try to be in bed by like nine. If I make it to 10, whew, that is a late night. And how on earth did I used to go out at 10 o'clock? I can't even. And that was early. So mornings and, you know, my morning routine, I think as moms, especially moms of like I, my kids are almost eight, five and almost three. Oh my God, a morning routine. That's tough. <laughs> Any sort of routine I think is tough. But, you know, my morning routine involves taking the dog out, coffee, doing my art of slowing down time or stopping time. It's a book. I'll link it in the show notes because it's a really good one. It's like a 100-day journey just to think, kind of be more, I don't know, be more conscious of time and how you're spending your time. And there's nothing that I want more right now than to slow down time because, you guys, I just turned 42 and it's just flying and I it freaks me out. So yeah, I, I think that whatever your morning routine looks like, you know, if it's short, if it's long and you're lucky and you get to kind of draw it out, I think whatever it is, I think the mornings in sobriety are just something special. There's just something that is special that it's not you know, I, I look back on my drinking time, like especially in my 20s and like the, the mornings <laughs> meant something completely different. And uh, now I just savor, I just savor my mornings. Moving along, exercise, 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 exercise. Other than sleep, this is probably the most important one. And one that my husband also knows that, you know, if I'm just agitated or pissed off or just pissy or my temper short, I need to work out. Like that energy, I can feel it in my body. It's got to get out. I have to sweat it out. I I just love like going on the treadmill. We have a Peloton treadmill downstairs and uh, there's just nothing like it. Like putting my headphones on, losing myself in a workout is probably one of my favorite things to do. Running outside, listening to good music, when I was grieving my dad in the early days, right after I lost him, I would run and cry and just, there's just such a release in working out and in exercising. My God, just don't overlook exercising to exercise. I think it gets a bad rap, like spending time in the gym and do, but I, I just love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. I also like to do Shred 415, which is a workout they have now nationwide. You guys, it's a dark room. It's music that's just blaring. It reminds me of being in the club. I think that's why I like it. I used to love a nightclub, you guys. I, I worked at one in college. I, I, I just loved, I don't know, there's just something about music that you can feel in your body and in your bones that just rattles your bones. It's so loud. I love it so much. Um, it's so motivating. I do that three times a week, and I have since my second since right after my second was born. Again, every like everything could be just going to shit and then I have a good workout and endorphins are real and I just feel so much better. So much better. And I forget all of my problems while I'm in there. Like it's so good. Yoga has always been very important to me. I started doing yoga religiously 
I think when I was engaged and then um, have continued that on and off, you know, I'll go through periods where I do it every single day and then I kind of take a break and then I get back into it, but it's always there for me. Yoga's, you can do it anywhere. I mean, you don't even need a mat. You can make up your own flow. I think the good thing about yoga, it seems to be that a lot of people in sobriety turn to yoga and I think I understand why it became more important for me in motherhood and in sobriety because there's something about yoga is very uncomfortable. If you're, you know, you're in your practice, you're kind of always learning how to push yourself just to that point of being, it's not painful, but it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to hold these poses. You're shaking. You're like, oh God, I don't know how more I can hold this. I don't know how much I can do this. But you learn to like sit and just be still in that discomfort. And that's so powerful. And I think when you do it more and more, it teaches your body and your mind that you are okay being uncomfortable. Like discomfort's not going to kill you. It's not. And you can do it. And you can you can also withstand it for longer than you think you can. And so that really helped me in sobriety because those early months of sobriety are uncomfortable. I mean, it's uncomfortable to, first of all, not even know what the hell's going on. Like, is this a thing? Are you never going to drink? Can you say that? Are you an alcoholic? Does it matter? What is an alcoholic? What does this look like? What is the future like? Are you ever going to have fun again? Is anyone going to invite you to a party? What about your husband? He still drinks. There are all these like really uncomfortable things that you have to, you don't have to answer, but you feel like you do. And you're confronted with all of these questions that you wouldn't have if you kept drinking. You would have different questions and you'd be confronted with a lot of different things. But it can be really uncomfortable. It can also be scary and uncomfortable to look back at what alcohol has, what role it's played in your life. And it probably informed a lot of the decisions that you made. And like you wouldn't have made those decisions had alcohol not been invited. And so, and that brings up a lot of discomfort and questioning and all of these things. And so, I mean, even there's just the discomfort of dealing with your children and their meltdowns at five o'clock without having a glass of wine, like that shit is uncomfortable. It's not fun. You want to escape, like you want something else. And I think yoga taught me that it's okay. Like it's okay to be uncomfortable. And comfort probably shouldn't be the goal. You know, there's something about being comfortable and escaping that I get it. Like, I I get the desire, but I also think that it keeps us stuck. I think that, especially in my life, when I'm feeling comfortable, I I do start to get listless. And I'm like, ugh, you know, it feels kind of boring and not in marriage and in, in motherhood because I think being comfortable there means stability. But I, I don't know. There's just something to be said about really just leaning into, I, that's such a corny phrase, but just allowing the discomfort in and just sitting in it. Like just stay, just stay. You don't have to move. You don't have to break the pose. You don't have to pour yourself a glass of wine. Like you don't have to, you can be uncomfortable and you're not going to break. Like, it's going to be okay. 
And I think the more you do that, especially in yoga, the more I stayed in that discomfort, then the next time I did that pose, it wasn't as uncomfortable. Like I was like, okay, like I've got this. I I did this. I held it for, you know, 30 seconds. Now today, maybe I can hold it for 45 seconds or a minute. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing in early sobriety with all of these feelings and just the shit and the muck that comes up. It's not going to break you. And you can stay there and you can feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So speaking of all of the feelings that come up, therapy is next up in my toolbox. I I think that, guys, so much comes up in sobriety. You know, I consider myself pretty hip. You guys, I'm hip. I don't know if you know that. I consider myself hip to like self-work and being self-actualized and all, all of these things that you, like I've done a lot of work and therapy on myself. My mom's a therapist. We talk all of, like if I'm not talking about my feelings, I will be in like two minutes. Like just give it a second because I'm very comfortable talking about my feelings. I love talking about my feelings. I want to hear about yours. Like my husband's like, okay, can we stop talking about our feelings now? It's just where I live. Like I really enjoy, I I don't want small talk. I want to talk about the deep shit. And I've been like that for a long time. So, but still sobriety brought up a lot of stuff for me that I, I wasn't prepared for. And also the grief that came with my father's passing. And I shared about that a few episodes back. So if you're grieving and you're in sobriety, be sure to check that out because I really did like sort of a deep dive on grieving during sobriety. I think that it's important. Therapy is important anyway, but especially in sobriety when you, it feels sometimes like you don't have that release. And so getting all of those feelings out, getting them on paper, write them down, journal, and then talk with somebody. I do, you know, I bash AA on here a lot. (laughs) But I do see the importance of talking, of actually just saying words and getting all of that stuff out, all of those feelings out. Just speak them, like speak them out, get them out of your body. That I think is so freeing. That's what I do here a lot. Obviously, I go on and on and on, but it's very helpful. And therapy is, I I think therapy is just, it's necessary Mental health is health. And I I think that, you know, you would not hesitate to go to the doctor if you broke your arm. And so our brains are just as important, more important. Our brains are more important than our arms, okay? You heard it here first. You know, if you haven't started therapy, I, I highly recommend it. I know that some insurances might not cover it. There are the online therapies. I think any sort of thing where you can just get it out, just get it out. Better help. I know there's a there's a lot of them out there. Also, you know, don't overlook the importance of a good friend who can listen and not judge. I think that that's huge. If for some reason therapy isn't in the cards for you right now, I think that's huge. All right. So moving down the list of my sobriety toolbox. So I added this. This was not in the original post that I shared on my kind of suite, but. I've come to realize that having a safe space, and so literally like a safe, not a safe room, but that sounds like a place you go when there's like a bomb or something. Mine is my closet, and it's it's a walk-in closet, so it's it's a little bit bigger. I don't think that matters. I think that it could be a small closet, like any sort of place where you can shut the door, 
And that could be your kind of safe spot to feel your feelings. I, I, I think sobriety can feel very vulnerable and, you know, like all of your feelings can be right there on the surface and you're momming it and you don't want to break down in front of your kids, even though sometimes you have to, and that's okay too. I think that it's so important for you to have a spot to go, even if it's just the bathroom, anything, the laundry room. Don't do laundry though while you're in there. <laughs> just this is for crying, okay? Just to feel everything that's coming up and for you to just fucking break down for 10 minutes by yourself. I think it's so important. That's what my closet has was for me and still is. That's where I am now. It really holds this special place for me because I can shut the door. My husband knows. He knows that this is my spot. He knows that this is my space, that if the door is shut and I'm in here, like my kids cannot, if my husband's home, my kids can't come in here. Like he knows that I need this time. It's kind of a signal to him. Okay, she's feeling it. (laughs) She's going to feel all of her feelings in there. And then when I come out, I'm better prepared to take on whatever I have to take on because I have to, you know, you can't pause motherhood, right? But sometimes you you just need that, like you need that 10 minutes to, to go somewhere and feel everything. And so if it's the pantry, if it's the bathroom, if it's the laundry room, if it's the garage, if it's the your closet, wherever it is, I, I would, you know, tell your husband, tell your significant other, your partner, your kids, if they're old enough to understand, like, hey, I'm going to my spot right now. I need this time. I'll see you in 10 minutes. I think even not in sobriety, even just moms, I think we need that so much. So moving on, podcast and audiobooks. And I'm not just saying this because I have a podcast. My go-to other than sleep and exercise in early sobriety, I listened to so many audiobooks and podcasts about sobriety. I listened to everything I could get my hands on. Literally, I remember searching on Amazon like probably a year into my sobriety. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Have I listened to all of the Quitlet books by women? Like I, I listened to them all. I had exhausted Amazon of all of the books, which is also why I want to write one because there needs to be more. Like there needs to be more books about sobriety and motherhood. And I would listen to them and I still do all the time. And when I say all the time, I mean all the time. And this was um, especially in those early months. Granted, we were in a pandemic then. <laughs> we were home all the time. But I constantly had one AirPod in when I was cleaning the kitchen, when I was making dinner, when I was doing laundry, when I was playing with my children, yes, down on the floor, which I don't like to do. You guys, I don't want to play with my kids. (laughs) Can, Can we just make that a thing that we don't have to play with our kids? They can play. Like, that's why I had more than one. Like, go play. Just go play. That's why we got a dog. Just go play. I don't want to play Barbies. Like, I don't want to do that. But in the pandemic, I did, and uh, I would be playing Barbies, ew, and listening to a podcast about sobriety or listening to one of my audiobooks about sobriety. So it became, I I needed it. I, I really do think it informed so much of kind of my view on sobriety, what I wanted and what I didn't want in sobriety, what I wanted it to look like, what I wanted to put out into the world now with the Sober Mom Life podcast. A lot of it, 
was formed by the the things that I learned and I heard in those early months. So especially if you're not going to AA, which you don't have to, don't let anyone tell you that you have to because you don't. I think that those podcasts and audiobooks were huge. I am going to link them all. Okay, not all of them, you guys, because that would be bananas. Maybe I'll link like the the top, I don't know, seven, eight. I'll link them in the show notes. I have talked about a lot of them at length. I would say the first audiobook that changed everything for me was This Naked Mind. That was kind of the, it was by Annie Grace. It was kind of the science behind alcohol, what it does to our bodies and our minds and why we've been tricked. And it it really, it's repetitive, which is really good. So it kind of unbrainwashes us to, you know, not believe alcohol and what it's like, it's tricked us all along. And so I don't know, that took the wool away from my eyes as far as alcohol and especially, yeah, just how we've been tricked by big, big alcohol. Then I think the best audiobook for my soul in sobriety was We Are the Luckiest by Laura McCowan. That did really go into sobriety and motherhood. That's her story. I loved that book so much. Also, Quit Like a Woman was really good. I think that really opened my eyes to AA, and that helped me be like, oh, okay, I don't have to go to AA. I think that's finally what made me be like, oh, right, fuck AA. Like, we don't need that. And there are so many. Um, I think Catherine Gray... She had the unexpected joy of being sober, and um, I think it's called Sunshine Warm Sober. I'll link these all. So highly, highly recommend not playing with your children and instead listening to sobriety podcasts and Quitlet and all of the things that you can get your little ears on, including the Sober Mom Life podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, for sure. Okay, and so speaking of not going to AA, I would say connection is probably what I was missing in early sobriety because we were in a pandemic and I didn't know what the hell was going on. I didn't know I didn't know what I needed. I didn't know anything. And so connection was the thing that I really wanted. I didn't have it right away. I found it through Instagram and all of these like you know, sober accounts and sober mom accounts. I I think it's a great way for moms to connect. I love Instagram to connect anyway with other moms. I've always loved it. I am on at the Sober Mom Life on Instagram and at my kind of suite that's more for style and motherhood. But, you know, I always say Instagram gets a bad rap. But, dude, it is great for connection for moms when we are staying at home with our kids. Like, I think it's essential, especially over the pandemic. So, Connection is huge in my sobriety toolbox, which is why I also just recently started the Sober Mom Life group on Facebook. So if you want to be a part of that, I will leave a link in the show notes. I've been loving it so much. We have like maybe 320 members now, and it's just moms who are either sober or sober curious, just connecting. Like I I don't even do much of the posting. I'm just there to like cheer you guys on. I love it. I love reading the stories. You know, moms are coming there for support and for ideas of like, what's your favorite mocktail? Or like, hey, my husband still drinks. Is anyone else dealing with this? Or I'm going on my first sober vacation. I'm really nervous. Any tips? 
And then, you know, we get to see then at the end of the week, she posts a picture of a beautiful sunset and that she was sober the whole vacation and she absolutely loved it. It warms my heart so much and it inspires me so much to see these moms connecting over sobriety, helping each other. Like, I just love it so much. It's definitely what I needed in my early sobriety. And so the fact that now it's happening and it's helping other moms and you guys are connecting, I just cannot tell you what that means to me. So, you know, it's completely free. It's just on Facebook. Come and join us, Sober Mom Life Facebook group. I do, I will say, I've gotten a few requests from people who don't have profile pictures. I won't accept you if you don't have a profile picture because I don't know. I just, I'm really protective of these moms and the group. Also, no men are allowed. You know, we're pretty strict on those rules. I just want it to be a really safe place. Yeah, no judgment at all. Like no mean, no mean comments allowed, nothing like that. So if you have requested to join and I have not approved you, and you, it's probably because you don't have a profile picture. So just put one up. You might want to fly under the radar on Facebook, which I get it, but I don't know. I don't know. Send me a DM if you have like a certain reason why you don't have one. Yes, come over there. Come and join us. I love it so much. It's literally every day. It's the first thing I look at on my phone. When I pick up my phone, which I'm trying not to do until after my art of stopping time daily reading. But after that, it's I go to the Sober Mom Life group on Facebook. It's my favorite. Okay, guys, we're we're at the last, my last tool in my sobriety toolbox is chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> I, did you think it was gonna be something groundbreaking? Like, okay, here we go. We've worked up to this moment. This is the most important. Wait for it. Chocolate. I don't know, guys. I think that you need a treat. Like, we need to treat ourselves. I'm all about 80-20. Of course, for sobriety, I'm about, like, no, I'm 100% sober. But in most things in life, I'm 80%, 20%. Like, I don't ever want to be, like, vegan. I don't ever want to be, like, sugar-free. I don't. I just don't. I'm like, what's the point? So I have embraced that chocolate there's it's it makes me happy at the end of the day i look forward to it i i like the little dove not the dove chocolate things the little ice cream dove mini bites those are good i like i mean you guys i will even just if i just have chocolate chips i'll have a handful of chocolate chips at the end of the day like give me something just give me chocolate give me chocolate or give me death is wow it's just got dark We need to treat ourselves. So whether that's chocolate or whatever it is, whatever that looks like for you, gummy candy, um, maybe it's not candy. Maybe it's like you're going to you're going to buy a new pair of, you know, workout shorts at the end of the month or something like something to treat yourself. I think it's so important. Also, I know that sugar cravings go like through the roof in early sobriety. Don't worry about it. Go for it. Do it you have permission. You don't need my permission, but just do it. Eat the candy, eat the sugar, eat the chocolate. Don't worry about it. Like you're not drinking ethanol. That's good enough. Just go for it. And then worry about, let's worry about your sugar tooth. Sugar tooth, that's not a thing. Your sweet tooth later, but just go for the sugar right now. Okay, guys, I thought that this was going to be like a quick episode. Like I'm like, I'll just talk for like 15 minutes. I should have known. That's just never how it goes. So I hope that this helps. I hope that, yeah, I don't know. I hope this gives you some ideas of things that you can do. 
You know, most of these things I do on a daily basis, except therapy. Daily therapy would be like a drag. Am I right? I don't know. These are just things that, you know, you can write. I have mine written down so that I can look and I'm like, huh, I am being a raging bitch. What do I need to do? And then I look, right, I need to take a nap. Um, You can write them down, have a list, have your running list. And then when you think of another thing, like you're like, oh, a walk outside, I always feel better. Then a walk outside is on your sobriety toolbox list. Shopping, you know, I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's a step too far. But anything that makes you feel better and helps you flourish in sobriety, I think is worthwhile. So I hope this helps. Come and join us on the Sober Mom Life Facebook group. Also, if you have been loving this podcast, can you scroll down where you see those little stars and then just tap five stars because that'll help uh, make sure that we're discovered by more moms and that'll keep this little thing going because I love it so much. I love talking to other moms. You would think that I love talking by myself for this long because I've did it for almost 40 minutes, but no, I'm glad I can do these solo episodes too. I just love most of all connecting with other sober and sober curious moms. So thank you so much as always. And stay tuned because we have a lot of cool guests coming up, including you guys, I think I got my husband to to agree to a sit down hard hitting interview. So stay tuned for that. Okay. Thank you guys. I'm going to go eat some chocolate. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. Why are we doing an ad again? So that we can tell people about brand new information, a pop culture and political podcast. Say it in a way that doesn't sound like game show host. Okay. Do you want to be in a room of overeducated douchebags and feel comfortable? Brand new information is for you. What's it going to take to put you in this podcast today? We have brand new information on sale for free. Free. Wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. We might not break the political and pop culture news of the week. But we put it right back together for you. That's right. Listen wherever you find your favorite podcasts. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.